0: Hi, I'm Father Jacob Bertrand Jancic. And I'm Father Gregory Pine. And you're listening to the Catholic Classics Podcast, where we seek to grow our prayer lives by learning from the Church's greatest saints and teachers. Spiritual reading can be challenging for many Catholics, so this podcast is here to help. Each season, we'll read through a great work, unpack its timeless wisdom, and encourage you with practical tips for the pursuit of holiness. The Catholic Classics Podcast is brought to you by Ascension. This season, we are reading Ascension's edition of Introduction to the Devout Life by St. Francis de Sales. To get your copy of the book and download the reading plan for this season, visit ascensionpress.com slash catholicclassics or text INTRO to 33777. Be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast app. In this bonus episode, we will be reading the Introduction to Part 4, Necessary Counsels Concerning Temptations That Occur Frequently in the Christian Life, found in pages 365-367 through of Ascension's edition of Introduction to the Devout Life. This introduction will give you an overview of what we will be covering in the following episodes for this part of the book. Commentary on Part 4 Growing in virtue has always been foundational for advancing in the spiritual life. Without the zest of the virtues, our spiritual life will stagnate, becoming a rote recitation of prayers rather than a dynamic relationship with God. So after beginning with a general confession in part 1, and then orienting our lives to the sacraments and mental prayer in part 2, we naturally turned in part 3 to the life of virtue. There, we got a better sense of the virtues that make the devout life possible. For every virtue, though, there are a host of vices that pose subtle snares to progress and threaten to undermine our efforts. St. Francis writes of Part 4, I uncover for the reader certain snares used by her enemies, showing her how to avoid them and proceed on her way. Classically, the virtues are contrasted with their corresponding vices such that, when a vice crops up, we can counter it with a virtue. So, when we recognize that we are prideful, for example, we pray for and practice the virtue of humility. Using this model, St. Francis introduces us to the vices that are contrary to a life of true devotion, so that we can acknowledge and avoid them. The attention that we give to the vices is advisory and cautionary. St. Francis' goal here is not to focus too much or scrupulously on our vices. Instead, we study our vices and weaknesses for the purpose of turning more zealously to the Lord, from whom comes every grace and virtue. Often, when we think of vices, we think of bad habits such as pride, gluttony, or gossiping. These are true vices, and St. Francis cautions against them. But, as with his list of the virtues, he does not intend to treat every imaginable vice. Rather, he turns his attention to more ordinary temptations faced in the spiritual life. He instructs us to consider these vices under four aspects. First, the way the world views someone pursuing a life of devotion. Second, the experience of and consent to temptations. Third, encouragement. And fourth, anxiety. First, we have to face the fact that when we decide to move from mere desire to sincere resolution, that is, when we decide to follow Christ with true devotion, we will cause offense. As soon as worldly people perceive that you desire to lead a devout life, they will fire a thousand arrows of mockery and detraction at you. Here St. Francis echoes our Lord's caution, If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. As we turn from the things of this world and cling more closely to Christ, not everyone will appreciate or celebrate our decision. This should not discourage us, nor for that matter should it make us proud. Rather, it ought to serve as a reminder of the gift of grace that is bestowed by our Lord who draws us to himself. Second, advising us on the difference between experiencing temptations and consenting to them, St. Francis has more simple counsel. All of us face temptation. It is part and parcel of the human condition. Even Christ, taking on our humanity, allowed himself to be tempted. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Temptations are not sinful in and of themselves. Rather, we only sin by giving in to or consenting to temptation. We can know the difference between experiencing and consenting by whether or not we choose to take pleasure in the temptation. We may feel temptations, though they displease us. However, we can never consent to them unless they please us. Rather than get into the details of our tortured psychological states, St. Francis insists upon our ability to choose freely. If we choose the suggested evil or fail to turn away from it, then our act is sinful. For the final two points, St. Francis exhorts us to draw encouragement from our pursuit of the devout life and not to be unnecessarily anxious. He reiterates the fact that so long as we do not take pleasure in or consent to whatever temptation crops up in a given moment, we do not give offense to our Savior. Anxiety can arise when we momentarily lose sight of the God who is at work in our pursuit of true devotion, but if and when it does, we can simply return to that same God, the God of encouragement. As we attempt to live a life of devotion, a life of union with Christ, we must remain on guard against ordinary temptations, sins, and vices. If daily trials and temptations prove overwhelming, keep in mind that it is our Lord who moves our minds and hearts to know and to love Him. It is a grace that converts and sustains us. If our efforts are to prove fruitful, they must be rooted in this reality, and then we can be at peace no matter what temptations come our way. The pursuit of devotion and growth and virtue go together, for it is God who gives them both.